you remember the good old days when all you had to worry about was getting your homework done and getting home before curfew? Before you had to worry about jobs, projects, working, when you could long for a summer vacation and a winter break? Well, this is the podcast for when you realize that life can be hard. Hold on one moment. <sighs> Finally, he's gone. The last thing I need to hear is him plugging another podcast. Come take a listen to my show, Adulting Ain't Easy, every other Wednesday on the Journey into Comics Network. The following, the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 35 of Poor 360. I am your host, Andrew Porno. Thank you for joining me here today. Now, what do I want to talk about today, which is something that I've touched on briefly in the past, and that is on football and fantasy football. Now, this is something that I haven't done for very long. It's something that I really could have cared less about even into my the majority of my 20s. Um, football really was never a sport I followed that closely. I was, I've always been a, a Bears fan, but I never really watched football. Like, I'd watch the Super Bowl whenever, with, like, family and friends and stuff, but it was never, like, I was never a weekly watcher during the season. My brother played high school football, and I've seen some of those games, and I've seen games when I was in high school, but, like, professional football was never really on my radar. It wasn't really into, um... Like, college, I watched a little bit more uh, after college, uh, after I started dating Liz. Um, her family was more into football, so I'd watch it um, when I was there. I've seen a lot of his, uh, her brother plays college football, so I've watched a lot of his games. But football wasn't really something that really uh, appealed to me, and I've started watching it more recently. And then uh, a couple years back, I got into fancy football, which adds another element. It makes it more... So you kind of have to stay up to date. You have to know how the team's been played in the season, how the players are faring, who's out on injury, who's suspended for stupid reasons, and all of that. It just allowed a more cohesive um, experience. You're not just sitting there eating food, watching football, which can get boring after a while, in my opinion. But the element that makes it more of a game, more interactive. And I that's so I've done it. Um, I just... Had my draft for the current season last week, um, like Labor Day weekend. I did the one for that, the one I'm in with uh, Liz's family, and then I did uh, the one I did with my friends uh, last Wednesday or Tuesday, or whatever it was. So got to pick my team, figure out who I think's gonna go all the way. I even did a uh, an elimination league, which was like where you pick a team you think is going to win it, and then every week until you get eliminated, you keep picking it, and I eliminated the first week because I stupidly thought that um, Jets would win over Bills, and even though it was a close game, it still didn't work in my favor because my logic was, being that it's an elimination league, that you want to save, you don't want to just pick like, oh, this person's going to always win because you only get to pick that team once, and you don't end up with like, well, my options are... Like, the Browns and the Bills in the last, for the, like, the next, like, the last teams I can choose versus, like, Packers, Patriots. Like, it it does, they don't want to be in that position. So, I'm like, let's just get, I'm going to pick the Jets now to win over the Bills. And if they do win, then don't worry about the Jets anymore. Because they're 
both the Jets and the Bills are very even tier team. So, yeah, apparently I didn't understand the rules right. So, Bills won, I'm out. That's a waste. So, we'll see if I ever do that again. But, I don't know, whatever makes you happy, I think. Um, like all forms of entertainment, that sports, which are um, kind of going back to the gladiator games of old, but... Yeah, football and other sports like it are just something sometimes just fun to enjoy, but still kind of boring in some aspects, but to each their own. Like, I'd much rather sit and watch a movie than watch a sport, but just just me. And speaking of movies, though, I just saw this um, over the weekend um, that AMC is doing, is they're going to start um, having screenings of the football games live from the movie theater. Which I thought is interesting, and it's obviously typically on a Sunday when probably movie show, like, people going to the movies is more of a, at a minimum, more of like a weekday night thing. And you can get a, if you can get a big crowd at, like, noon on a Sunday or 3 p.m. on a Sunday, then maybe that appeals to you. So, it'd be interesting to see. It's not obviously coming, you know, they're still kind of in the pilot phase. I looked, and, like, closest one's, like, downtown Chicago, so I'm not going to do that. But still, for those of you who want to... Sit and watch football on a giant screen with popcorn and drink. Um, yeah, doing beer there, though, would be kind of ridiculous because the beer at the movie theater is always really expensive. You get craft beer for like, or not craft beer, like a domestic beer for like six or seven bucks. And you have to keep getting up to go get more. It's not a good idea. Much rather get like a 30 rack and have it at home or get a case of something. But I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It kind of worth... Um, checking out but yeah so that's kind of been my fantasy football experience and it's something nice to actually keep up with because you can look and like because obviously for those of you who don't know how to know fantasy football which i'm assuming most of you do um when you draft you draft for your team and then you have draft your bench players much like how you would in a how a normal team operates because players get injured players get sick players have a bye week you want to make sure you have a full team to go up with against your matchup every week so and then there's trades, and then there's waiver. You can pick up and drop people off of it, and there's always more fun. I remember um, I had one year, like my first year I did it, I had an undefeated regular season, and then I lost every playoff matchup I had. So lots of fun. But that was also the year I, in uh, the other league that I had uh, the combo pairing of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott when they first started which worked into my favor, and I got tons of points every week. But they've kind of... Well, Ezekiel is still good, but Dak Prescott's kind of been kind of a no-show since then. But, um... What was that? It's very hit or miss. I don't understand how people even gamble with football. It's so iffy. Even, like, betting on... Because like, I've done, like, um... You know, like the Super Bowl, you can always uh, see, like, oh, at the end of each quarter, this is going to be the score, or the... This is going to happen. This is going to be the person with the most points. These are the points they're going to have. You can gamble on all that stuff, and it just seems so hard to track that or how to even, like, assume that. It's just never something I understood, but I'm sure there's science all of it. There's analysts and all of that that just study football to a point, like, but still, it's like the weather. No one's going to know exactly how the game's going to turn out. But, yeah, so, but that brings us kind of what you guys are here for today, and that is... To talk about the 2019 football season, they just the majority of the teams have played up to this point. As I'm recording this, I believe the the Saints uh, Texans game is at their half, 
And as of right now, well, it's not, they're not quite at their half. About 26 seconds left. But Houston's are leading 14 to the Orleans Saints 3, which is not something I thought that would be the score at this point. But take that with what you will. Nothing in the first quarter. And, yeah, not really a very exciting game. But at the half, is already a lot better than the Bears-Packers game, which was the kickoff to the 2019 football season, which everyone was excited for. It's the 100th. Um, the hundredth season for the Bears at the big hundreds. It's a a rivalry that's lasted a very long time, and it amounted to a very no nothing kind of game. It's not like the last Super Bowl. It was just very. Uh, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that game, which was the first game of the season, ended up being a ten uh, three uh, with the Packers winning, which is unfortunate. But what are you gonna do? So, and that kind of lets, uh, let's take it through the rest of the teams that we're playing. Um, then we'll kind of get into some, uh, some analysis. I'll kind of check out some of the sports news that have came up from, um, came up over the weekend as people are discussing kind of what's going on in professional football. Interesting. Sorry, I got distracted by this article, which I'll share right now before I dig into the sports, which involves Odell Beckham Jr. Um, so... As everyone knows, or no one knows, I guess, is that uh, he had his uh, debut with the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Uh, it was a stunning 43-13 loss um, to the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Browns' new Pro Bowl wide receiver was seen wearing a price designer watch during the game with the Associated Press reports it's worth of $250,000. And to be clear, he wasn't just wearing it on the sideline. He lined up and ran plays in a violent, collision-based game wearing a fragile piece of expensive jewelry. Um, Beckham broke an NFL rule in the Browns' debut. It turns out that he violated the NFL rules in doing so. According to the Associated Press, NFL addressed the issue with the Browns on Monday. Um, but isn't jewelry permitted? Uh, but NFL players wear jewelry all the time. That consequence from the league. Same as it was a thing for a short time. It turns out that not the fact that Beckham was wearing jewelry that's a problem. He watched, uh, His watch violates the league's rule that prohibits players from wearing hard objects. Where the league intends to address the issue further with Beckham is not clear, but for now the there are no reports that he's been fined for the violation. Um, so even if the limited edition Richard Mill 1103 McLaren timepiece is durable work crash, it seemed unlikely designed to take the brunt of a full-force collision with an NFL helmet. Yeah, why would you wear a watch that expensive? And who would even want a watch that expensive? Homes, some people's homes aren't that much. I don't know. Obnoxious and more of just rich young people spending their money on stupid ostentatious items so yeah very interesting there um so let's see if anything else jumps out at worth discussing um let's look specifically with the nfl um and we'll dig into this as we wrap up which are the three two things we learned from week one of the 2019 nfl season we'll dig into that after i go over the scores and then we'll get you guys out of here and on to your next thing so here we go, and this is in no particular order. This is from ESPN.com. This is the NFL scoreboard. Like I said, at the um, now that it's officially the end of the second quarter, the Texans are leading the Saints 14-3. to um, The only game left remaining for the first week is Broncos-Raiders, which is at 9.20 Central Time. So it's a late game, but I guess if you're on the, on the West Coast, like, um, like where it's being played, I think it's a... Oh, it's playing in California at the Raiders... Stadium, Ring Central Coliseum, 
where it's a balmy 76 degrees according to AccuWeather, which is giving me that report. Thank you for that. Um, like I said, also Thursday, September 5th was a Packers-Bears game with a 10-3 uh, victory for the Packers. Um, and then the Sunday games was uh, Titans beat the Browns 43-13. to Ravens beat the Dolphins 59-10. The Falcons lost to the Vikings 28-12. Bills beat the Jets, like I said, 17-16. So I was close. I was so very close, but still did not, not win that out. Eagles narrowly beat the Redskins, 32-27. Rams beat the Panthers, 30-27. A lot of 27, a lot of, a lot of sevens, which as a person who's lucky number seven, that's a that's a nice treat for me. Chiefs beat the Jaguars, 40-26. That's a super for me. Uh, Chargers beat the Colts, uh, 30-24. Um, it's kind of nice that um, Colts held their own, though, given the fact that they're um, without their star quarterback and... There's still a little bit of flux since Andrew Luck's uh, retirement, so still put it there only against the Chargers, which, it, yes, it is the Chargers, but still good for them. Um, ooh, another close game. Seahawks beat the Bengals 21-20. Um, Cowboys beat the Giants 35-17. In a tied game uh, with overtime is the Lions and the Cardinals, so that's exciting. Very evenly matched teams. I don't know how that works with a um, little elimination league, if it's a tie, is it considered a loss, or is it you still move forward? I don't know. Exactly, when you lose, it's a tie. That's how it is. Um, final, uh, another team was the 49ers beat the Buccaneers 31-17. And then, oof, in a crushing defeat, the Patriots beat the Steelers 33-3. Yikes, that's a... Uh, so the Steelers played just as well as the Bears did this, uh, this past weekend. So, really, the only score you don't know is the Broncos Raiders, and um, maybe I'll throw that up uh, when I post the video, or post the uh, episode tomorrow. I'll put their score up there to to share. Sorry, I have my bird on my shoulder, and he is uh, not happy, or just wants more attention. Don't quite know. But, um, as a bird, he likes to kind of be out and about, especially when I'm kind of uh, locked up in the office. Because, you know, stretch of legs can't be in the cage all the time. Just like all, a lot of animals, you can't just have them inside. you got to let them run and stretch their legs, do their thing. So that is the scores um, for the first week. And I'll um, I'll try and include them in all future weeks just for people who care en- enough about sports to know what the scores are, but not enough about sports to actually watch them, which I'm one of those people set for a couple games, um, cover a couple teams placing off or a couple things. I'm not as into it. I just really watched the the Bears-Packers game. I really wasn't fully dedicated to watching. I just kind of checked into the scores every so often or to the live stream. So, yeah, so that was that. Now let's get into the USA Today's 32 things we learned from week one of the 2019 NFL season. All right. So, number one, keeping it 100, the Packers and Bears resumed the league's longest rivalry to kick off week one in the NFL's 100th season, just as the Bears, and set offensive football back 100 years. We know the game would resemble the club's first meeting in 1921 when the Charles Stan- Staley's beat the Pack 20-0 in a game that featured more points than Green Bay's 10-3 win Thursday night. Thanks to the throwback treatment fellows, Hallison and Lambeau loved it. If you thought Nate Davis was an active think again, he's juggling NFL coverage with the coverage of a six-week-old. Oh, Nate Davis, the rookie lineman for the Titans, didn't play, but expecting big things from him eventually, too. Okay, um, that's a random thing. Number three, uh, though Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes 
378 yards, three touchdown passes. Looks like a man determined to hang on to his league MVP award. Baltimore's Lamar Jackson, 17 for 20, 324 yards, five touchdowns. Perfect 158.3 passer rating. Emerges 2019's first front runner. Uh, 3A, Jacksonville was the only team to hold Mahomes without a touchdown pass in 2018. Number four, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones has quite has paid quite a few guys in recent months. He may not rule out he may rue not purchasing quarterback Dak Prescott, who posted the first perfect passer rating, 158.3 of his career, while racking up four and five yards a Dallas record for week one and four touchdowns. Though the air in a 35-17 defeat of the Giants, the meter's running Jerry even faster now. For A, Dallas got Two touchdowns from tight ends Jason Witten and Blake Jarwin Sunday after getting four all of last season. Let's see Witten pull a rabbit out of his hat after his one-year hiatus with ESPN. Good. Oh yeah, Jason Witten did return. Uh, number five, Bolts are greater than Colts. Uh, is there more to that? Yeah, I, I don't know. There's not really a lot of information given there. Um, 5A, we told you the Chargers would be just fine with with running back Austin Eckler with three touchdowns as Melvin Gordon's holdout is looking increasingly ill-advised. 5B, but it must be noted, Indianapolis might have found the win column if not for more strokes of bad, quote-unquote, luck. Kicker Adam Vinatieri, 46, missing two field goals and a PAT. Uh, not sure what PAT stands for. And the overtime defeat, probably the worst performance of his career. Oh, it's an extra point. Um, Chiefs wide receiver Sammy Watkins is number six who was drafted eight slots ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. in 2014, showed why he can't be a game-breaker by establishing career best with 198 receiving yards and three touchdowns in Sunday's win. This is going to be a key development for Kansas City, depending on how long injured Tyreek Hill is out. New Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark picked off a pass Sunday. He made sure that Jaguars' CB Jalen Ramsey, who didn't, knew about it. Uh, Marquise Brown is greater than Antonio Brown. Knock on wood if you're with me. Okay, uh, number 8A, the Ravens first rounder and cousin of AB opened his career with a 47 and 83 yard touchdown pass from Jackson. This is the first time a rookie has had two 40 plus yard scoring snatches in a debut. So he's a cousin of. Oh, yeah, Marquise Brown is a cousin of Steelers Antonio Brown. How about that? Um, Antonio Brown, newly acquired by the Patriots, which I think was big news that came out of that was, of course, an actor for worming his way out of Oakland. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird move. I know Tony Brown's been uh, constructed as a diva by some, but, yeah, so now he's going to be a patriot. So, how about that? Um, in hindsight, the Steelers could, should be commended for maintaining relative peace as long as they did with Antonio Brown. Uh, Sports Pickle uh, tweeted, Mike Tomlin needs to, be, needs to retroactively be given the Nobel Peace Prize for the years 2010 to 2018 for coaching Antonio Brown. Uh, 8D, in hindsight, always 2020. The Steelers also should have taken the first round pick New England offered for Brown in the first in the offseason, per reports. Yeah, that probably would have been a good move. Sort of just releasing him later, but hindsight is 2020. Uh, the Ravens' 9 point in their win over Miami were a team record. Good for them. The Dolphins have scored 10 points and have been consistently ranked last in the USA Today's sports power ranking since the end of 2018 season. Appears like a team determined to be ranked 33rd. Huh. Per Elias Sports Bureau, QB Ryan Fitzpatrick appearance for the Finns made him the first man in NFL history to start for eight teams. Though Fitzpatrick will remain under center in Week 2, he also looked like a guy who could easily extend his record in 2020. The Bengals have had every excuse to look as bad as Miami. 
No AJ Green, no Corey Glenn, Joe Mixon banged up. Also, nobody wins in Seattle, but Cincinnati looked capable in Coach Zach Taylor's debut as QB Andy Dalton threw for a career-best 418 yards and wide receiver John Ross finally resembled a dangerous weapon. Seven cats, 115 yard, 158 yards, two touchdowns, and a one-point loss. Uh, 11-8, and the feed of the Bengals gave Seahawks coach Pete Carroll a win over every NFL team. Wow, that's quite the record. Number 12, widely panned Giants first-round quarterback Daniel Jones debuted in a mop-up role and fumbled. Rams uh, DT, which I'm guessing is a defensive tackle, maybe? Um, Rams defensive uh, tackle Aaron Donald, who was recently voted the league's best player by his peers, according to an NFL Network survey, is off to another slow chart set out Sunday. Donald has been held sackless in all of his season debuts since the 2015 campaign. He has seven and, a, seven and a half sacks in 16 career September games, but averages 0.83 sacks per game for the balance of his career. Number 14, if Todd Gurley truly is healthy and isn't operating on a pitch count, why did the, he, the Rams start only get 15 touches Sunday? Basically half of what Panthers counterpart Christian McCaffrey, 29, received. Number 15, after outdueling Cam Newton, Rams quarterback Jared Goff is 5-1 all-time against fellow passers drafted number one overall. No wonder he pulled down a record 110 million guarantee. 15A Newton averaged just 6.3 yards per attempt in Sunday's loss, a yard below his career average. He went on that shoulder and revamped throwing motion. Number 16, Johnny Hecker, who might eventually go down as the greatest punter in NFL history, suffered his first blocked kick as an LA Ram. He had two punts snuffed in his previous life as a St. Louis Ram. Oh yeah, St. Louis to LA. That's that was the thing that happened. Hate it for Nick Foles, broken collarbone, who was making just the fourth week one start of his career and first as the new leader of the Jags. Get well soon, sir. Youch. No one wants to get injured in the first game of the season, but what are you going to do? However, uh, Foles backup in Jacksonville rookie quarterback Gardner Minshew looked nearly as good as his fantabulous mustache in relief. Uh, Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette has never lost a fumble in his NFL career until Sunday. Ouch. Um... Number 18, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield tied his career high with three interceptions in Sunday's 43-13 loss to Tennessee. Per NFL research, it was the first time since high school Mayfield suffered a 30-point loss as a starting quarterback. Even with Beckham on board, seven catches for 71 yards in his Cleveland debut, the Browns still have not won a season opener since 2004. Uh, number 19, congrats to 35-year-old Titans tight end. Delaney Walker, who missed most of last season with a gruesome ankle injury, but turned Sunday to catch two touchdowns for just the third time in his 14-year career. New coach, Bruce Arians. Same old Jameis Winston. Three interceptions to Tampa Bay. Winston now has 79 turnovers in 57 NFL games. I know he was my quarterback this week, and that did not go well for me. Uh, 28, the 49ers who picked off those three Winston misfires, two for touchdowns, had two interceptions the entire 2018 season. So there, Fortnite's already off to a great start. In his first NFL action more than 600 days, Jets running back Le'Veon Bell became the first NFL player to exceed 8,000 carrier yards from scrimmage in just 63 games. However, despite his 92 total yards while scoring New York's only touchdown and two-point conversion, Bell's new team fell flat Sunday. Number 22, the Jets seemed to fall apart after new ILB? No idea. Uh, C.J. Mosley left the game with a groin injury. He appeared on his way to Defensive Player of the Week honors after scoring on a Josh Allen pick six and recovering a fumble in his New York debut. 22A, however, the Jets' kicking game might be their biggest problem. Kerry Vedvik missed both of his attempts, PAT and a field goal, 
1716 loss, and his this team, which let Pro Bowler Jason Meyer sign with the Seattle in the offseason, isn't good enough to weather spotty special teams. Meanwhile, Vedic's Buffalo counterpart Steve Hoshka has never missed 12 for 12 on field goals, 24 24 on PATs, and seven games at MetLife Stadium. Maybe the Bills who dropped Shady McCoy on cut down day should get rookie running back Devin Singletary more involved. He wore 70 yards on just four carries, while the rest of the team managed 58 yards on 21 attempts. Number 24, before recovering a fumble on the Jets' final desperation play, Buffalo has a minus four turnover margin, but still one. You just never know in the NFL. Is a 2019 number one draft pick Kyler Murray a good three quarters to find his footing on the NFL field? But once he did, while salvaging a tie with Detroit, I got a glimpse of why Murray could be so special. He's my backup, and he's probably gonna move to um probably gonna move to my uh my starting lineup here pretty soon. Especially considering how Jameis Winston was. Uh, however, since Murray failed to notch the win, Houston's David Carr remains the last quarterback drafted first overall to debut with a victory. Wow. 2002. Murray's unveiling marked the 12th consecutive season. A rookie quarterback was start- started somewhere in the league during week one. Lineside end TJ Hawkinson, the highest drafted player at his position since Vernon Davis in 2006, basically needed no time to acclimate to the NFL, catching six balls for 131 yards and a score. In his pro debut, no tight ends ever racked up as many receiving yards in this first NFL game. Hawkinson's calling card is a blocker, by the way. Uh, 26 a Davis still has it, by the way. Uh, including um, a video, which... Let's see what it shows. Let's see, it looks like it's Vernon Davis. Yeah, still, still got it. Good on him. Um, in addition to Augustin, the three of the rookies, Marquise Brown, Tennessee's A.J. Brown, and Washington's Terry McLaurin, each recorded at least 100 receiving yards in their inaugural NFL games. Number 27, Washington's running back Adrian Peterson was a healthy scratch for the first time in his career Sunday. The Redskins rushed for 28 yards, averaging 2.2 per carry without him in a five-point defeat to Philly. Well, um, 27A, it's worth knowing that Skins didn't have perennial Pro Bowl LT Trent Williams, however, new quarterback Case Keenum pretty comfortable, 380 yards, three touchdown passes, sacked just once in a near upset of the Eagles. 28, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson eventually returned to Philadelphia, scoring a pair of touchdowns, covering 50-plus yards, his 31 career TDs, of at least 50 years trails only Jerry Rice, 36 for the all-time record. And racking up 100-plus receiving yards on opening day for the sixth time, tying Michael Irvin's league mark. 29, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins set career lows for pass attempts, 10 Completions 8 and yards 98 as a starter, but his team rolled over Atlanta 28-12 behind RB Dalvin Cook. 111 rushing yards, two touchdowns. You know, Coach Mike Zimmerman was just beaming O on the inside. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, and, uh, another pl- player I had. and Yeah, Kirk Cousins and Jameis Winston did not do well for me in my two leagues. Um, so preseason doesn't matter, right? You wonder if the Bears, Packers, Browns, Eagles, and Cardinals um, would do things differently given how they struggled in week in week one. Predictably not a crisp weekend of football with seven of Sunday's 13 games tied by at least 14 points, including several ugly, including severe, several severely ugly blowouts. Kind of a tongue twister there. 31. So the Patriots are 30 points better than Pittsburgh on opening night, and New England has spent recent September's tinkering amid slow starts before dialing in what will they be once Antonio Brown joins the lineup, not to mention Gronk's return. Uh, wink? I uh, hope not. 
It's been 50 years since the last Super Bowl repeat. Yes, who has more Patriots, but the outcome of the NFL centennial season suddenly feels quite inevitable, even though 250 games have yet to be played. Yeah, I don't know if the Patriots will make it to the Super Bowl this year. Um, maybe they won't. Maybe it's time for them to give another team a chance, but they're just too darn stubborn to lose, I guess. I don't know. They have no reason to lose, but it just seems ridiculous they go there. Like, most of the years I've been watching football or paying attention to it, the Patriots have gone to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, lots of fun. Uh, 32, Dearest Mother, I write to you from the veranda in a state of melancholy, listening to the echo of cannon fires that rolls over the mount. Captain Andrew Luck's leg was saved by leaving the ranks, but he surely frets over the fate of the men and Major Brissette. Despite his deserved battlefield commission while awaiting word for fearing they were ambushed at Bolt Rivers, did Andrew remove his uh, epaulets too soon, Mother? Oh, so there's a Twitter account called Captain Andrew Luck? Interesting. And yeah, that's the 32 things we learned from the first week of NFL. And yeah, so that's really all I have to share this week. I'm going to try to make it a little segment going forward that I will touch on the goings-on of the 2019 NFL season as I remember to do so. Just keep you guys up to date on what's kind of going on there and how my Final Fantasy teams are doing. And if you have comments want to share your own Final Fantasy stories, if you have any comments, questions for me, feel free to do that. But I think that'll do it for this week. This has been episode 35 of Poor360. You guys have a great week. Oh, and before I forget, definitely stay tuned tomorrow for Adulting It Easy. This will be our first episode that will be not about Africa. So we to see what we talk about. So stay tuned for that this Wednesday, tomorrow. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Poor360. You can find us on the socials at Poor360 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us and all the other podcasts on our network at journeyintocomics.com or early access at patreon.com slash journeyintocomics. You can find us on all podcasting platforms like CastBox, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and many others.